everyone, and welcome to the Azure Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and our guest this week is Julie Farrison with Indiana Tech. Julie, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much for joining us. You are fresh off a four-day weekend, is that right? That is correct. So a lot of hiking, a lot of acres preserves. What did you do with your time? This time I uh, was landscaping outside, okay. and we went to um, Buckner Park, yeah. which is off of Bass Road. All right. And there's um, some nice trails mm-hmm. that's off the beaten path that a lot of people don't know about. So in the back, not where the splash pad is, not where it's all refined and, and ready for entertainment, but in the woods behind Buckner Park. Correct. How big is that area back there? Um, I checked today and it said it was 200 acres. Oh, really? It's the oh, wow. property line for that park. Okay. Um, I don't know where the boundary lines are, but when the trails stop, I just turn around and... That's that's good advice for life. <laughs> so, and you're trying to hit every acres preserve this year, is that correct? Well, I started up two years ago. Two years ago, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we adopted a dog who had pretty bad anxiety. Mm-hmm. And uh, one way to do that is through walks, is mm-hmm. building confidence and mm-hmm. different things. And so I was trying to find places to go where we could kind of be alone and not have like a lot of other dogs or people or distractions. Yeah. And I figured out that the acres preserves were those type of places. Mm-hmm. Some are busier than others. Usually pretty quiet. Yeah. 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 So what's your favorite acres preserve? I think I've asked you this before, but I've forgotten. All of them. <laughs> if, you had to, if you had to recommend one, if someone has never been to an acres preserve or maybe has limited experience with it, what would you say is your favorite one? If it's not about distance or for yeah. me, fancy landmarks, it's about the experiences and the time of year that you're mm-hmm. there. So my most magical one was Fogwell, which is on the southern southwest side of Fort Wayne. Okay. It is not big at all. But yeah. the time when we went there, the leaves were dropping like in the movies, mm-hmm. and everything was glowing in yellow. Oh, wow. So it was just a kind of magical moment yeah. that you don't expect to see. And I was not ex- I was expecting brown trees, you know, like yeah. the whole... Sure. And it ended up being pretty spectacular. Oh, that's great. And in a similar way, I like I like a lot of them too, but Hanging Rock is pretty cool. It's yeah. very small. You go there and it's like, yes, there's a Hanging Rock and then you get back in your car, but it's not like a lot of other stuff you tend to see in Northern Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not here to talk about Acres Preserves, even though they're great things. We're here to talk about you. So as you know, on this podcast, we talk about career path, we talk about the organization you work for, and we talk about some of the things you're working on. So let's start at the beginning with career path. You grew up in Ohio, correct? Yes, Defiance. Ohio. All right. So tell us a little bit about when you are starting to think about a career, is it the same career you ended up in or is it completely different? And how do you get from point A to point B? Yeah, so in high school, I was not a great student, nor did I try very hard. That was my own fault. I know what that's all about. (laughs) I was the same type of student. But you couldn't get me out of yearbook. And I loved designing, not the writing part, but the design, the photography, making it all come together. Mm -hmm. And when I realized you could kind of do that for a living, I was like, I could do that for a living. Yeah. So um, had great, um, our librarian was a yearbook. lead. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it was called. Um, but she kind of took me under her wing. I also took art classes. Mm-hmm. I was not the best artist of mm-hmm. the whole school or anything like that, but sure. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So I signed up to go to the University of Toledo mm-hmm. and I was signed up to do an art and journalism major. And we've worked together long enough to know that I am not words <laughs> at all. But I was the first in the family to kind of go to college. Yeah. So 
signed up because I thought that's what I wanted to do. Sure. And I took my placement test, and they signed me up for classes, and they said, yep, your journalism classes will be here at Toledo, but you're going to be commuting for your art classes to Bowling Green. Oh, wow. Which is a little bit of a distance. And in winter, the roads aren't super great. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know what? Just drop me Mm from my classes. And then I went out to my car with my mom. I'm like, Mom, I just dropped out of college. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's like, what? And she was mad. She was really mad. <laughs> she was very proud for me to go, to, you know. Yeah. And so she... And that pride lasted about 37 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't like being a disappointment to people, but I ended up taking a year off between okay. high school and college, and I yeah. figured my stuff out. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I think a lot, not a lot of people did. I didn't. You know, my yeah. high school guidance counselor told me I should go into the Army because I wasn't going to actually go to school. Oh wow! So that okay. even motivated me as, even more. As much as I can, I can see the fact that you are pictures, not words. I cannot see you in the RV <laughs> at know. all. Yes. I would die. Like, yeah. <laughs> I am a delicate flower. It would not be good. Um, so I interviewed at different schools. I realized that I didn't just want to walk out with a portfolio. I wanted a piece of paper as well. Mm-hmm. At that time. Um, St. Francis here in town Mm -hmm. had go three years, your fourth year was free. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that makes it much more doable. Yeah, for sure. So I worked a full year waitress Mm -hmm. a lot. My mom made me work a lot. She's like, if you're taking, you're going to pay off your car. You're going to, right? She was still mad about you dropping out of college. Yes. (laughs) I worked a lot. lot. Um, So um, ended up going to St. Francis. I ended up doing a couple internships while I was there because I wanted to figure out what I liked and what I didn't like. Mm-hmm. So I uh, did one with the university with the website guy. Okay. He was the coolest boss, but mm-hmm. I realized that I was not good at coding, Sure, nor did it really inspire me much. Yep. Sure, We made great stuff, mm-hmm. and I was able to help him, but I realized that that's not probably what I wanted to do for a living. Well, it's a good lesson to learn at any time, but especially in college, that just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I ended up taking some community college courses back home in the summer Mm -hmm. to allow me to explore more Mm -hmm. when I was in the big town, uh, Fort Wayne. And um, so then I did an internship at uh, an agency called HPN. Mm -hmm. And that internship went really well because a person before me slept the entire time. So I just had to show up and be conscious. Just be awake and you're, yes. you're already hitting the ball out of the park. Yeah. And so I did okay, I think. And then um, I was lucky enough to get a job there right out of college. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing I loved about working there is one of our main clients was St. Francis, the college uh-huh. that I just... So you had some familiarity and some relationships. Yeah. So I made yeah. it simple to work on that yep. client and yep. I really enjoyed it. Um, we had other clients like Tower Bank and Aunt Millie's Bread. And so there was a variety of yeah. clients to work on. And I think that's what I liked most about that was the variety and just mm-hmm. kind of figuring out what I liked and what I didn't like. Yep. And then I got a call from Asher. So, uh, so what was your... I, I obviously remember working with you for a few years, but yeah. what was your... On your your foot in the door with Asher was it someone who knew you here? What was the connection? Um, I remember I got a call. My husband came out. My husband came out to me and said, um, "Tom Bumblebee is calling for you." <laughs> and I'm like, "Who is calling?" <laughs> and I knew Tim Brumbelow in town was a local photographer. And I'm like, "Oh, he just got the name yeah, confused yeah. and whatever." And so it was Tom. Borny, yeah. who gave me a call. Not Tom Bumblebee. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 
And so I took, I'm like, hi. And he's just like, I hear you're looking. You're surprised for- there wasn't buzzing on the phone. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I, I hear you're looking for a job. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was really l- huh. lucky in the situation yeah. that they contacted me. Okay. I did not have my resume portfolio ready or yeah. my portfolio ready. So I spent that whole weekend oh, like, wow. prepping. Okay. Because yeah. I wasn't ready for yeah. anything. Huh. and. Came in and did the interview. So. All right. And Matt George, I was creative director at the time. Is that true? That is correct. All right. Okay. Yeah. So you're here for about three years, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And then where do you go from there? I get a call from Vera Bradley mm-hmm. that they had an opening. Yep. So the time was right to mm-hmm. make a switch. Yep. And I was lucky enough to join their team. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much about retail mm-hmm. and... Um, just what a big company is like, right? Like the ins and the outs and yeah. the variety of projects and the cr- the creativeness with that company was very different from the other kind of B2B and... Well, it's a design first company and correct. you know most other businesses are not that. So Yeah, and yeah. they're a very generous company mm-hmm. as in training and experiences and growth. Mm-hmm. So it was an unbelievable experience that I'm still grateful to this day for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you go you go from Vera to Indiana Tech, correct? That, that is correct. And you've been in Indiana Tech now for how long? I am finishing up on 8 years. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wrote, finishing up 7 going on to my 8th. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize it had been that long and I thought you were at Asher longer, so my math is wrong in <laughs> all the places. So, um your team at Indiana Tech, talk a little bit about the folks you work with, because you have some folks who report to you, you work alongside some others, some of whom have been on the podcast. But tell me a little bit from your perspective about the team you work with every day. So when I started there, the team was much smaller, mm-hmm. and they were doing incredible work with the amount of people that they yeah. had uh, within the department. Mm-hmm. And over the past few years, we've been lucky to have some growth, mm-hmm. um, so we can hire people to do those special things and mm-hmm. do them really well. Yep. So our current team structure, um, we have a VP of marketing, mm-hmm. Brian Englehart. Um, so he manages or or he looks over the managers of the department. Mm-hmm. And there's three of us. There's um, Matt Bear, The I'm going to get titles wrong. That's okay. Kind of like the no community. One, no one will know that they're wrong. So you can make up. <laughs> Matt's the mosquito abatement coordinator at Indiana Tech. You can make up whatever title you want. Um, he's like kind of communi- he's kind of in charge of communications, PR side, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's also our writer and our proofer. Mm-hmm. So he is. So def- you don't have to write. Thank goodness. There you go. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> yeah. Want me writing? Uh, Jenny Murphy's, uh, and so Matt also kind of. When you think about agents leave, he's kind of like the AE for mm-hmm. um, tr- traditional admissions. Okay. So he's kind of like the gatekeeper of everything going on with them mm-hmm. and kind of the wheelhouse. And then Jenny Murphy, she's kind of in charge of our online mm-hmm. uh, program. It used to be called CPS. We're just transitioning that right now. Yep. Um, so she knows everything that's going on with our adult students, whether that's from a certificate, an associate's, bachelor's, all the way up to PhD. Mm-hmm. Also does military uh, helps with Lampro, which is our um, Latin American MBA. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so she has a wide breadth of different degree options, yep. but all kind of that audience that's not your traditional mm-hmm. 
yep. student. The student who who wouldn't likely live on campus or play a sport. It's the one who is taking classes online. They'll get the degree from Indiana Tech, but they may never see the Fort Wayne campus or only in a limited way. Yeah, and so then, and then I'm the creative director, and so I kind of see the look and the feel of everything that's going out. Does that match our brand guidelines? Is mm-hmm. our logos used being used correctly? Is this our best foot forward visually to explain what's happening yep. with their university? Yeah. And so I manage the graphic design team. Mm-hmm. There's two people, um, Sarah Strachi and L Helm, who's our newest hire, mm-hmm. um, and Randy Smith, who's our photo video mm-hmm. um, director. And then Matt, uh, who is the tr- traditional, the proofer, the, the writer, he also manages the web team. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is of two people, one position's empty currently, mm-hmm. and uh, Joel Kuhn, who is basically the jackknife, the, I'm sorry, Swiss Army knife mm-hmm. of our department. Like, yeah. I, There's probably a jackknife as part of his Swiss Army <laughs> knife because yes. he has so he many knows, different skills. Yeah, He knows so much, and yeah. he's so kind about when you ask questions that you have no idea what you're talking mm-hmm. about, he'll take the time to explain it to make sure yeah. you understand truly what's happening. Yeah. And uh, Matt also manages Amber Owens, who is our social mm-hmm. media manager, who does an incredible job of anything social media related. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a big job. So, tell us from your perspective. We, we've had the the benefit of having some other Indiana Tech folks on the podcast, but tell us about Indiana Tech from your perspective. My recollection, because I remember you and I talking when you first started there, is that you knew higher education was something you had an interest in. But if I remember correctly, you didn't know a lot about Indiana Tech. It was kind of a mystery to you. So what have you learned and what's your vision of the university now? So what I learned was I like working for places that kind of supports the underdogs. Mm-hmm. And Indiana Tech was founded on uh a need that needed to be filled of uh, troops coming back with GI Bill mm-hmm. that had money to use towards um, advancing themselves yep. and gave it a way that was possible with classes not necessarily structured nine to five. Yep. And that was kind of unheard of for that time. Yeah. Um, and so that's the part I'm fascinating that. They didn't structure towards your traditional students. Mm-hmm. They were truly there to support the students who already had families yep. or were about ready to start families yeah. at a time when that wasn't the norm. Yeah, And they also supported uh, international students, which was also not the norm. Mm-hmm. So they truly wanted to help anyone who wanted to benefit themselves. Yep. And I think that's something that we don't talk enough about. Yeah. And I think we should talk about. Yeah. And it's something that... That benefiting of the older adults in international students is something that's carried forward to today. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would certainly agree with that from my own experience. You know, when I was looking at options, this is back in the early two thousands. Indiana Tech, I was sold because I was like, I have a young child, I have a fairly complex job, I can't do an MBA the way people do it for the most part. And Indiana Tech was a great option and turned out to be perfect for me. It was very unique at the time, and that's not even all that long ago. So it seems like that's kind of woven into the legacy. Mm-hmm. So so how does that impact your work? How do you, is it just that it motivates you or do you actually use that motivation as a creative director at Indiana Tech? Yeah, I think it's kind of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, for me, anything student story related fills my cup. Yep. Um, yeah, it's great to do a beautiful ad. Yeah. yeah, it's great to do a new die cut 
on a print piece or explore some special technique. But once you get to know the person that you're talking about and their struggle or their things that they've overcome or just their day-to-day life, Mm -hmm. you connect with them on a whole different level than... um, I don't know, then then the gratification I get from doing something different yeah. or spending a lot of money on something or, you know, like yeah. you can go anywhere and spend big budgets on yep. things, sure. but you don't get to know someone that's making a life decision that's important to them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, Julie, let's talk about some of the things that you're working on, some of the bigger projects, and only talk about what you're comfortable talking about. But what are some of the things that are on your mind, maybe keeping you up at night? Maybe you're thinking about them as you're walking around Acres Preserves or Buckner Buckner Park trying to figure them out. What are some of the bigger projects that are on your plate right now? Yeah, so a couple of them are uh, we're working on our new commercial series Mm -hmm. with with Asher. Well, Um, thanks for working with us on that. We love that work. (laughs) Um, And it's for our adult population, our Mm -hmm. online audience and it's getting those testimonials and the experience they had here and how did that benefit them or how did that change their trajectory moving forward so we're just in the beginning stages of that yeah Um, we got some stories down of some alums who have volunteered some information and you guys went through and kind of rooted down to the ones where it's possible to capture their story yeah yeah, and there was a wealth of, of options. It was just narrowing yeah. it down to logistically and otherwise. And and in that process, you'll be working with Jen Roberts, who I think you worked at at one point in your career, correct? Yes, we worked together at Vera Bradley. Yeah, she's she's great. I'm really thrilled to be able to work with her. So so tell us more about that or other projects that you're working yeah, on. Yeah, and another one. So we have like a traffic meeting where we talk about jobs for yep. the week. When, and so I had brought up that I found, um, I had sent to Amber, social media, there's this company that will send you a rotary phone, right? Okay. A rotary phone. All right. In the back, there's a thing plugged in. This is where you probably wouldn't know more than what I would, but a thing plugged in that records voicemails. And so you rent this rotary phone for events or weddings, and people can leave you a message. Huh. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Huh. Like, I've never heard of it before. Yeah. And I was like, they, and of course, they had an orange phone. So I'm like, and they have an orange one. Okay. So that could work. But what... Thought that that triggered was, you know, we're coming up on our hundredth anniversary, yeah. and we still have three living presidents. Yeah, I think we need to capture their voice. Oh wow, we have their words. Yeah, but how awesome would it be if we had mm-hmm. Keen's voice from back in the day of saying what he wants to yeah. motivate students to, what to look forward to, sure. what? And so I was like, I think we need to get some sort of audio. like a, a verbal history of that. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah so that was just. Yeah. A rotary phone ad off of Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Morphed into, I think we need to capture their huh. stories through audio yeah. as well as the words. Yeah. And then we can have that for future uses. So yeah. one lives in Florida. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get to go there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a great trip to plan in like February. Right. But but he comes back often he does. enough. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. Um, one lives in New Haven. I can't remember. I think Cincinnati is mm-hmm. one of the other presidents. So. That's literally just something that we just talked about today about we think this might be a good idea to do. And does it benefit students? Not necessarily directly, Mm -hmm. but it also helps capture history a little bit, which uh, sometimes we have a lot of history about it. Sometimes it kind of we have a little bit. So I think it would help fill in some of those those spaces. No, I think that's a great idea. And, and, you know, one of the things that as you were talking about 
the legacy of Indiana Tech in, in improving people's lives and doing so that in a way that was very forward-thinking and sort of ahead of its time. I'm always amazed at some of the stories I hear, you know, people who work for NASA and people who have started million-dollar companies who graduated from Indiana Tech. And I think it was helpful for, for me as a student because I, when I started, I didn't know much about Indiana Tech. And I felt like I was taking, taking a chance. And when I heard that, it was like, oh, this is a good decision. It's going to be a respected degree because of the people who came before me. And I think some of that is true for sure when you, when you hear from the leadership and their legacy, too. So I think, I think you're on to something there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that was that was today, and it went over okay. I don't know if we'll, we'll end up doing yeah. it or not, um, but it's just a yeah. That's what's great about the department that we work in is that you're allowed to throw out ideas. There's mm-hmm. never an idea that you that I don't think someone feels like they can't come forward with yeah. something. Yeah. Um. So just having that transparency and being willing to listen to half baked ideas yeah. and come up with and another one was. Uh, we had the issue of this is not a sexy topic, mm-hmm. but parking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and is this because to to give it some context? And if I'm wrong, just redirect me. The new zoner building takes up what used to be a parking lot at, on a campus that didn't have a lot of parking. Yeah, is that correct? That's correct. It's an interior to the campus parking lot. The yeah. o- the only one, mm-hmm. so it's very competitive. Yeah. to park there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so. Uh, we are expanding our engineering building, mm-hmm. and that parking lot is permanent. Will be permanently closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a giant crater, and we're like, "How do you get students to notice that they can't park there anymore?" And so, uh, Randy and Amber came up with a phenomenal video that had zero budget, mm-hmm. um, involved construction paper in Randy's backyard. Mm-hmm with his daughter jumping on a trampoline in a toy car and some drone footage that we had already had. I think we might've shot a couple shots new, mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything extensive. Yeah. And um, put this video together and uh, within like six hours, it was on a local news site. Wow. Website. It must've been a slow news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we've all benefited from that. Yeah. <laughs> but, to make a video with no budget to talk about something that's not sexy to end up on the news yeah. is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. so yeah, those kind great. of projects are, yeah. are a lot of fun. Well, and, and I think what happens is when you work in an environment where there's no such thing as, as a bad idea until it's proven to be a bad idea, <laughs> when people are open to hearing ideas, it really does spark more creativity. And in order for an idea to become fully baked, it has to be half baked at some point. So right. let's start with half baked, and we're halfway there. So and yeah. you got to trust the team to do a good job. Yeah, for right. Sure. Like, for and sure. they just ran with it. Yeah, and they came back, and it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. Well, I haven't seen that yet. I have to look for that. Well, that's yes, pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to pivot to the speed round of the show, where we talk about some of the same things we've already talked about, but in a more concise way. So. Let's start with career path. You had some stops and starts in in college and mm-hmm. then found something you really love, but you've made some job changes along the way. What have you learned about success in a career? What's the best advice you have for someone if you want to be fulfilled, if you want to love what you do? What's the secret to that from your perspective? I think you have to have an honest conversation with yourself. So when I was um, at VR, our department and the entire design department was let go. Mm-hmm. And I was in the fetal position for two days. Mm-hmm. And my husband... Didn't see it coming, had no idea that that no. was coming. Yeah, And my husband kept bringing me chocolates. Mm-hmm. 
And he's just like, okay. Good job, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah. he was just like, okay, every day I want you to write down one thing you want from your next job. Uh-huh. That's it. Oh, wow. Right? Okay. Just, that's it. That's really great. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. As I eat my chocolate. <laughs> and so my first thing was like, I can't remember. I ended up with five total. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember all of them, but one was to work for a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. One was to have a transparent uh, boss. Mm-hmm. One was um, to work for a smallish department. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of, and then um, I figured out what I wanted. And then I knew I had to go after those things. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it was just truly being honest with yourself to identify what makes you tick and what do you really want. Now, yeah. that was after I've worked at three places. So I had some history of yeah. what I liked and sure. what I sure. was like, you know, that may not be from, yeah. you know, for mm-hmm. me. And yeah. so I was able to kind of direct what filled those buckets yeah. that were, meant something to me Yeah, and uh, got the call for Indiana Tech and... Um, I actually told Brian I didn't think that was a good fit for me because uh-huh. I wasn't meant to be a creative director. Oh, really? And he goes, it's for two people. And I'm like, <laughs> I might be able to do this. So so what made you think, was it imposter syndrome? What made it think that you weren't cut out to be a creative director? Yeah, up to that point, I had been an art director mm-hmm. and I've never had a management position before. Yeah. Never thought I would have a management yeah. position before Yeah, or would have one in the future. And yeah. When I learned about how small it was, mm-hmm. and I, and it fit my buckets, like all five of my yeah. buckets, it fit. Yeah, every, that's pretty hard to come by. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was incredible. Mm-hmm. I was almost taken back, and I'll never forget in my interview with Brian, he asked me what my biggest weakness was. And I'm like, mm-hmm. video. I have zero experience. I was on set once or twice. Yeah, yeah. And the first three months, I think we made 16 videos. Wow. <laughs> but we hired good people yeah, to help. Sure. Yeah. So I learned so much along the way, but he also trusted me to learn along mm-hmm. the way. And they were allowed to hire people to help yeah. teach me. Yeah. And that and it ended up being fine. Like yeah. so I've had multiple times in my career so I'm like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not for me. Like that's yeah. but at different times people are like, No, it is. And yeah. and try it and it's okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Way. Well I think, you know, there's there's some bookends there when you talk about early in your career trying things and kind of learning what was and wasn't for you. And then now further into your career, kind of doubling down on the things you're good at and knowing that other people have the other stuff handled. That's a pretty great position to be in. Yeah. 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 So that's advice that I would give just to truly be honest with yourself of what makes you tick and what makes you happy. I think that's really good advice. And know that it's not always going to be the same as what other people want. Not at all. Because I mean, I thought agency life was for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the yep. only thing I'm going to do. Yeah. And it became less of the competitiveness of your designs versus someone yeah. else's. Yeah. And more for me, what made me tick mm-hmm. was working in a group to make our designs awesome yeah. and not so much me or mine. Yeah. That's what made me tick. And it took me a little bit to figure that out. Yeah. And, and I think you're, you're really wise to talk about how you got to be honest with yourself. Um, you know, I, I've recognized that smaller organizations work better for me. And a lot of people aspire to, I want to work for the big corporate name. And that mm-hmm. terrifies me. I, I would be fired in 24 hours <laughs> if I worked for a really big machine because I'm not a rule follower. Yeah. Um, but 
if I'm working where there's smaller group and accountability, I tend to be better with the rules and, and just it just works better for me. But it's not what everybody wants. And that's okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Really good answer. All right. Next question. I'm going to mix this one up a little bit. What is one of your favorite projects you've ever worked on, either at Indiana Tech or somewhere else? Something that you worked on it, and when it was done, you were proud to be a part of it, it went well, or maybe there was some bumps on the road, and that's what made it so fulfilling. Yeah, so this one goes back to my Asher days. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I can't even remember what the project was called. Mm-hmm. Their client was Ivy Tech mm-hmm. Community College, mm-hmm. and... We had, they had a new product that was rolling out, and I can't even remember what the product was about. But I, I might remember if, if you keep going. Yeah, and so we had no visuals to support it. We yeah. had no, you know, anything. But Asher had this box of random papers that I had been looking at for like a year, and I'm yeah. like, I'm going to make something. Mm-hmm. And so um, you kind of, you were my AE at that time. Yep. And so I was like, I kind of have an idea of, I think it was like Ed or something like that. So yeah. So okay. So I was I was hoping you were going there. Yeah. Because it's one of those uh, people who are listening to this may not realize that sometimes agencies come up with ideas that clients really never use, and we still love those ideas. So at the time, I'll set it up and tell me if I'm going in the wrong direction. But um, Ivy Tech has a workforce development arm that did some. They were trying to separate the hard skill. We're going to teach you something you're going to use on the job, and it's going to help you move up in your career. Those skills, they were trying to separate those from the more personal growth, personal fulfillment stuff. Mm-hmm. And the idea we came up with was to create this character named Ed. And, you know, Ed was Ed would have a chef's hat if it was a culinary class. Mm-hmm. He would be in a yoga pose if it was a yoga class. And Ed was kind of the mascot. And it was fun, and it was playful. So... Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, so, I loved that. I loved what you did with that. So I made Ed out of different cuts of yeah. paper, and he was, you know, a 2D, yep. right? Yep. And so he just did random things. Yeah. But the part that I loved about it is I was able to take time to explore that concept mm-hmm. that didn't exist before. Yeah. And so what that taught me as a manager is let people run. With, mm-hmm. You can't do it on every job. Yeah. Not every job has the time. Sure. Some things are super structured, yeah. But you got to let people run with ideas and run them either into the ground mm-hmm. or end up being something kind of cool that you had never thought about doing before. So yeah, and sometimes you end up with kids on trampolines with construction paper and drone video, and yeah, yeah. No, that's it's it's pretty rare that you have the opportunity to give something that degree of thought and that degree of trial and error. But when it happens, it can result in some pretty great stuff. Yeah. So I think my favorite projects are the projects actually with not much budget Mm -hmm. and you're kind of seeing what you can do. Yeah. Um, Those are kind of my favorite ones. My favorite video project that I've had to work on was, I think I was like, I don't know, six months in at tech and we did a man on street Mm -hmm. uh, type interviews and that was very new for the students. They had mm-hmm. not had much interaction yeah. being interviewed before. And so we said, hey, we'll get, we sent out an email and was like, hey, we'll put five bucks in your card for Starbucks. Mm-hmm. There's a Starbucks in campus. Yep. If you stop and talk to us. Mm-hmm. And so we preempted with that. Yep. And then we just asked them, what did you like about tech? Mm-hmm. And depending on their answer, we asked them a couple more questions. Mm-hmm. And so it was what they wanted to talk about and what yep. they felt comfortable sharing. And so... 
I think we interviewed like 200 students wow. in three days. Wow. And the weather was good. So yeah, we that always helps. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't raining. <laughs> yeah. And so we were just were out in the middle of campus where sidewalks cross. Yeah. And so very easy, accessible yeah. you know, areas. And then we kind of bucketed all that information. And then we made a series of five films that were untold, told by the, the viewpoint of the student yeah. of what was great here. Yeah. And it sounds like a very simple topic, but it, to me, that was a very new concept, a yeah. very new type thing. And so I was still new mm-hmm. at Indiana Tech. And so I didn't know all the ins and outs. Yeah. But the thing that we learned from students that we didn't have on our radar was the students appreciated having so many different international students. Mm-hmm. Because they got to learn different cultures. They got to learn about how different governments work, Mm -hmm. how business works. Mm -hmm. The way that the international students were able to contribute in classes created a sense of tolerance Mm -hmm. as well as a sense of accepting of other cultures. And that's those indirect – no student came out and exactly said it in those words. That's my interpretation of some things that they had said. Yeah. But wasn't on the radar, yeah. right, for us, yeah. that that made a difference. Yeah. But they said it did. Yeah. And so... Well, they're the experts, right? So why not ask them what they like and and hear their stories? Yeah. Yeah. We looked out one day because someone must have pulled a fire alarm, so we scooted over <laughs> close to that door and we were like, hi. <laughs> was it you that pulled the fire <laughs> no, alarm? No. no. Okay. All right. No, but it was only from like waist up, so pajama pants are fine. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's great. Yeah. Sometimes it's the simple stuff that's the most fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last question. So... We've all been through a lot in the last 18 or so months. You've worked for an institution that's had to pivot, um, and not just students, but staff and faculty as well. What have you learned out of the pandemic that you maybe didn't know or wasn't as clear to you before that you think is going to stick with you for the rest of your career? So career related. Well, it it doesn't have to be. It could be career related. It could be a, a bigger life lesson, whatever is most important to you. Yeah, I think uh, right now uh, what I have learned from it is don't leave anything on the table. Mm-hmm. There's right no guarantees. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's something you want to go after or something you want to do, mm-hmm. you should yeah. do it by all means. Yeah. And so personally, like I haven't painted in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so I have been eBaying some mm-hmm. paintbrushes and some mm-hmm. paints and okay. I'm excited to get back to painting. And okay. I don't know why I took such a long yeah. You know, just life gets busy and different things. And I don't know why I took such a long break from it. Yeah. So that's my personal part. Like, but from like a professional, I think the thing that I learned the most, because it's going to be a very, not practical, it's it's very practical, is that our work environment is very much in person Mm -hmm. and our team excelled Mm -hmm. on a dime Mm -hmm. working from home. Yeah. We thought we were going to be bored and not have anything to do. Mm-hmm. We had 10 times more work yeah, than yeah. we ever knew So much what to communicate, to yeah, at that time, yeah. And everyone excelled and did an incredible job mm-hmm. at what they were doing. No balls were dropped. Yeah. And the fact that you could go from a not working from home environment to having an incredible amount of workload to everyone doing whatever it took to get yeah. things done. yeah. To me, that was pretty incredible because yeah. um, and I think it's because of our team and, and how great of a team we have. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's a great lesson to learn, and it speaks to some of the things you've said earlier about being able to trust people and, and being okay with others having skills that surpass yours because oh, yeah. that what that's what makes your job ultimately a little easier is when you can focus on what you do best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Julie, thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate your time and for sharing your story. This was really fun. I learned some things about you that I didn't know, and I felt like I, I knew a lot. So thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for having me join. And thanks for everyone who took the time to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We will be back next week with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then.